Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your host today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. Today we're coming at you with the Tuesday trends. A lot of really fun names to talk about today. It's the return of Kelly Yarncroke. Happens once a year. Um, yeah, if you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We are in the Fantasy Hockey Discord, and you are um, invited. Let's get to storylines and injuries, eh? <laughs> First storyline is TJ. You were on your your first trip today. Yep, Charlotte. Your your first your your first trip. You are staying and you are recording from a hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're only a couple hours away from me. I know, but it just it didn't make sense. I have twelve hour layover, and it's eight of those hours need to be devoted to sleep. So, oh, I'm not saying it makes sense to come hang out. I'm just saying it's cool. It's pretty cool. I had a good day. Um, I got to work the easiest position on the plane, which was a perfect way to get my feet wet and uh, dope. Yeah. Enjoyed the day. And now I'm at like this really interesting. I showed you guys the room. <laughs> Zach and Raj will attest to this. I have a sock on my microphone because that's my pop filter right <laughs> now. So got to do what you got to yeah, do. We are making it happen as it goes, but let's, let's get it happen, hockey, hockey storylines. Where are we at? Sorry. I had to, sorry. I had to call you out. Well, let's get some bad vibes out because Tristan, Tristan Jari is back. He played in the outdoor game today in the Winter Classic game. I know TJ didn't get to watch it. I got I got to watch some of it. It was a pretty decent game. But I always hate when they play in those games because they both are black, yellow, and white. It's just awful. Um, but Jari was back. They didn't end up winning. Uh, but he did play pretty well in that first game back. Jake DeBras scored two goals. Chris Letang Lower body injury did not play in this game that I'm talking about uh, from today. Ryan O'Reilly, broken foot. He's going to be reevaluated in six weeks. So, I mean, that's definitely going to shake things up a little bit in St. Louis. You also have Vladimir Tarasenko in that same game, broken hand, four weeks. So all in one day on Saturday, they just took a turn down the wrong road. Those are two guys that are trade deadline like they're they're trade chips too mm-hmm. i don't know what st louis is i mean i don't even know if st louis knows what their path is this year but uh, those are two guys that they were you know kind of dangling out there so and another thing on chris letang his father passed away uh, he was hurt but yeah his father passed away so that is a rough a rough go for him lately yeah i mean the stroke and dealing with this it's uh jesus i mean you know we're flyers fans Zach and I, but you don't want to see that happen to anybody. Hearts go out. Next up, Leon Dreisaitl. He did practice today, and he could be on track to be back tomorrow. We're recording this on a Monday night, so he might be back Tuesday against Seattle. And, you know, if you're a Dreisaitl owner, obviously you always want him out there, but the last time they played Seattle, they put up a touchdown. They put seven goals on on Seattle last time they played. So I would want to, you know, Dreisaitl out there for that. They got Clem Costin too, the, uh, yes. the St. Louis boys. So let's see what let's see what happens there. 
Dude, he has been a machine since uh, since he's been there in the last few games. It just needed a change of scenery. That's what it was. Three goals. What about uh, has Tolvanen played one game in Seattle one yet? Goal. Did he? Yeah, he was on. He was practicing on the top power play and all that stuff. And yeah, uh, I think he cranked a power play goal. He uh, did. Yeah, a classic Tolvanen. If there is a classic Tolvanen yet, but that's that's the one. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I want him to do well there. I mean, I think we all like him a lot and hope he does well. He's going to score some points sometimes and, you know, go on two-week droughts just like every other Seattle player. So That's true. He fits in perfectly. I mean, that's what he does. All right, next up, Carter Hart. He actually did pass his medical evaluation for his concussion, but he was still out today. I would imagine they're just being precautious. What's really the point? Like, in all honesty... Like, there's no need to rush him back. There just isn't. And then last up, some some good vibes. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, he is expected back tomorrow. You can have him back in your lineup Tuesday, likely. Just kind of check to make sure that he's going to be available. Yeah, you know what? He's a kind of a good guy to make the transition into the hot guy check-in because he's been uh, schmaltzy lately again. The last, like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 games, he's... He's well over a point per game. Um, so I, I picked him up a couple of games ago, and then he he did well, and then he promptly got injured. So I hope he can he continues on the the good side of Schmaltz, you know? His McDavid pace Schmaltz. I don't know how to put this, but like I feel like Nick Schmaltz couldn't do this on any other team but Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Like You put him on a good team, and it, things just change so drastically. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe, you know what I mean? They've scored six goals the last two games in a row. They're, they're scoring. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's gross. All right. Is it time for the hot guy check-in? I think it's time for the hot guy check-in. Hot guy check-in. And we got to start out with our guy, Chando Steves. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, in his last 10 games, has, is that right, 13 assists and four goals? Is he up to 17 points in 10 games? That seems off. That's not off. How? You wanted guys that are on hot streaks. You wanted hot guys to put on the fucking hot guy check-in. Does it get much hotter than than that, though? That is intense. He has 17 points in his last 10 games. That's why he's on here. Six of them are on the power play. But all of it is only on 13 shots on goal. 30.8 shooting percentage in that span, in those 10 games for Chandler Stevenson. boy. Same amount of assists as he has shots on goal. I like, I like it. That's... That's a problem with Chandler. That's not going away. But, um, I mean, that whole top line is thriving at this point. You get, we got M- Michael Amadio, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, uh, who's on a six-game point streak of his own with eight points. So, I mean, we're talking about uh, just Vegas doing crazy good. Well, it's opportunity, too, right? With Marcia So and Eichel gone, there's extra power play time. There's extra top line time. I don't know. I kind of figured... Chando would fade away into the sunset when with all these guys coming back this year and he's he's leading the team in scoring right now. He's he's same amount of games played as Mark Stone, more points. Second in power play points, you know, and I didn't even think he would be on the power play this year. He's surely taking hold of it. It's going to be interesting to see when Eichel, I guess Eichel and Marsha, so that's just another whole line that gets to come back. They don't even have to really disturb this top line, so I like him to stay pretty hot. I mean, they have four or more goals in the last five games. 
four or more in the last five. They're a high-scoring team right now, and I don't know. I mean, when it when it boils down to Chandler Stevenson here, just you know, by himself, the shooting percentage is huge. In his last six games, he's shooting close to forty percent. Uh, his last fourteen games, it's twenty. Like the shot volume is just never there with him. It's just not him. And sometimes he's going to go on these little streaks. One thing I will say is, so we've kind of knocked him before for you know when he first started out for. Uh, not being able to win a face-off. But in the last couple of years, you know, he's above 50%. This year, 60.8% in the face-off circle. So you put him in a pretty safe spot on the top line. I mean, obviously, when Eichel comes back, things change. That was one thing is Stevenson was the winger for Eichel. So you got two guys that can take face-offs. So I, I just think he's pretty safe up there. Yeah, but he's taken a bunch of face-offs. Like last year, he took, you know, almost 1,300 face-offs. It's a lot. Yeah, he's their best center. I think to me, I mean, I've always wanted it to be Eichel and Marcia so on a separate line. So I hope they do that. But either way, I think anywhere in that top six, even when those guys come back, you're going to be playing with with guys who can play. And Stevenson is going to stay in the top six. So I like him, you know, going forward. Maybe not at this insane pace, but like you know, around yeah seventy to eighty points pace from here on out kind of thing I, I buy into it he's point per game right now i think he's pretty stable you're gonna have hot streaks but a cold streak for a guy like this is you know like a what eight points in 10 games the range is is separated a little bit like the hot streaks are hot 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 but next up unless you unless you want to do mike amadio because i'll Ooh. tell you what he had a goal today yeah he had a, he had stick another point there you go stick in vegas might as well so now he is up to Five goals and four assists, like in his last little point streak to seven games. I picked him up uh, yesterday or this morning, maybe, thinking I was kind of going to miss his points, but he got another goal already. One goal, one shot. He's kind of got the the chance of disappearing once the real players come back. Well, of course. He might find himself out of there in a way no. that Chando doesn't. But uh, for now, I'm I'm into this guy, especially he's center and right wing. I really, I really like that. And he's been shooting a ton, shooting a ton. That top line, like going back even now to Chandler Stevenson, the on-ice shooting percentage around everybody is pretty high. Amadio is where it starts to stick out like a sore thumb. We're looking at like 16% over the last two weeks, huge IPP. So like, you know, for Chando, somebody of his caliber, it's easier to overlook those unsustainable stats. But somebody like Amadio, who's so easily pushed out of that top line, um, you know, there's a, there's a hair trigger there. So I think uh, you're ready to drop him, I imagine. That's not a long-term hold. No, and they have three days off after today. So my, today was kind of the – I got him because he had the Monday – the Monday off night and he's hot and then he's got a few days off. So I'll probably drop him. Um, but I mean, he's had a couple of games where he's like 17 minutes, 19 minutes, but the rest of the time when like it's real life, he's playing 12 minutes a night. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be too excited about him after what about another hour and a half from now. Unlike Chandler, I think Chandler is great from here on out for probably years, but Amadio not Next up is Yarncroke, and Zach, what you wrote here is, I mean, it's spot on. There's This one's kind of cut and dried. Yarncroke's last 10 games, four goals, six assists, only one is on the power play. 
11 shots on goal in that in that 10 games. Four goals. It's 36%. 36.4% shooting percentage in those 10 games. That's crazy. And it's all thanks to being on the second line in Toronto. If he slips out of that top six, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, it's deployment. That's another one. Same as Amadio. Like if, if the deployment changes, that shooting percentage can't be carried. The cast of characters that you're getting these assists from, that goes away. So... Yeah, once again, hair trigger. Uh, yeah, I think Yarn Croak's probably done all of his scoring. But I but I love Cali Yarn Croak for a stream. For a stream, and he's available, like I do. I, I love it, and, and Amadio. I mean, in a couple of days, sure, why not? But I'm not holding him for, for any amount of time. Maybe Yarn Croak a little more, because at least he's playing more in the next couple of days. Philip Dano, next up on the list here. Uh, one of Zach's favorite guys. You have a soft spot because he's always because he's he's always Philip Dano. He's a great locker room guy. Like he just always is. You know, he's he's not fantastic, but he's like uh, he's you know kind of like a extra guy on your team that like I don't want to drop him, but I like having him around. He's on a heck of a streak right now, but. He really is. 11 points in his last 14 over the last month. Uh, Eight points in his last six. Five points in his last three. Three of those are goals. He's shooting 43% in his last uh, week of action. He's shooting 25 in his last two weeks. And over the last month, he's shooting 15%. What's nice is he's shooting a lot more. Like his 14-day shots on goal pace is close to 220. Huge IPP coming out of this one. On-ice shooting percentage is huge. So a lot of it's just like, all right, that that line is really, really clicking right now. And just in terms of sustainability, I don't buy into it right now, but um, you got to enjoy it. Like you said, Philip Deneau is just Philip Deneau. He'll wind up with 60 points somehow. Mm-hmm. He always does. It's But it's the people around him that I don't trust. And, and in all honesty, the kings that I don't trust. There's players that, yeah, of course, like are, are rosterable, but like you're not in love with it. I don't love it. They're doing really well. They are. They're one of the best in the West right now, actually. Yeah, I think they're what two, three points out of first behind yeah. Vegas. They played Vegas the other last week, and and they took them down. Yeah, but I'm saying, so whose lineup up and down do you trust more, though? Like, just be honest with yourself. Well, LA's going to fall hard soon. I think that's what I'm saying. I just don't trust the lineup in LA as much as I do other places, like Vegas, like you just said. Like I trust that lineup up and down more. And that's why like, you know, Philip Deneau, ha- he is, a, it's like he has a, he just has a very feasible ceiling. I like, I'm actually going to argue the opposite. Like what I like about LA here is the, you know, Fiala's on line three right now, Byfield's on line one mm-hmm. wing and Kopitar and Campe. And I, I feel like if things don't work out, I, I, there's a little more elasticity here. Like they can move things around. And, and really get it to work. But then you go back and you look at the Vegas Golden Knights and that is, that's a top line and like Phil Kessel, that's it. Like what else you like William Carlson, he is solidified into a middle six center role. Uh, Nicholas Waugh, I'm a big fan, but it's just, you know, the ceiling's capped. I like Riley Smith. I like Keegan Colasar. Not horrible. Yeah, for bangs. And William Carrier, like the, the third line is a checking line. The fourth line is... The fourth line is a who the fuck are you guys line. 
Jonas Ronberg, like he's played for fucking two years now, and I still don't know who he is. I remember saying his name last year. Jake LeCision, I swear to God he was a Boston Bruin, but here he is. Byron Freeze, you know? The top end in Vegas is is better. Yes. But I feel like the depth in LA is a lot better. And especially when it's, you're talking about fantasy here. Uh, Philip Deneau, what do you guys think? Like seven game point streak. He, I think we kind of landed on he's he is what he is. He's Lars Eller West is what he is. I think he's better than Lars Eller though. Yeah, he, he might be a Krejci. I think he's a little. Yeah, there you go. He's more like a Krejci. Oh, I like Krejci though. He does have, he's tied with Kopitar in points right now, so. You know. Who does that say more about, though? Uh, Kopitar being bad. I mean, they're 29 points in 40 games, so it's that's a fine pace for Dano. It's not a fine pace for Kopitar. All right. It's uh, Travis Konechny time. Yeah, we got a fun one. We get to talk about a Philadelphia Flyer. Is this not crazy? Is this not crazy to anybody else? I'm happy about it. He's shooting a lot, shooting a lot, scoring a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, his points pace over the last two weeks is close to 150 point pace. Uh, nine points in his last five, three points in his last two, shooting close to 40% during that span with 90% IPP and an 18% on ice shooting percentage. You know what the numbers nerd here is going to say, guys. Uh, try and tell me I'm wrong, right? Someone's got a score. Someone's got to score, right, Raj? Someone's <laughs> Shut got up. to score, and it is Travis Konechny. Oh, come on. I hate that. And and if that power play got a little better, because they just have a devastatingly awful power play, man. They do. I, I like the shots, and someone's got to do it, and fucking Travis Konechny knows that. He knows that. He knows someone's got to go out there and try to make something happen. So he is out there. You can You can see him maybe even trying a little too hard sometimes. Well, no, he's he's really good. He was really good before, and then he just went downhill for a couple of years. Cost me a lot of draft draft stock, but now he's doing what he was meant to do, and I'll, it just took a little bit of torts, right? Like I I figured honestly that he would get along with torts, and it's the kind of matchup that it will probably blow up one day on television and be great TV like a coach punch fight on the bench kind of thing. But in the meantime, he's on an 80 goal pace for the last two weeks. Like the guy is well over point per game. This is all a little bit absurd, but I mean, Torts likes him to the tune of like 23, 26 minutes a night recently. So he has 10 goals in his last 13 games. Yeah, that's too much, but he's he's really <laughs> that's what i'm arguing he's, this pace is crazy but he is really good let's not forget that like oh there's no one saying that it's not going to slow down some like it's obviously gonna i mean he's getting close to 22 minutes a night all of the minutes now <laughs> the one thing he has going in his favor is they haven't got they he hasn't got a power play point the whole team doesn't have a power play point since I think December 7th. So that's what I'm saying. If that power play even gets a little bit better, like it's just a little bit better. There's there's some there's some more points there. There's points to be found. Ugh. There's points to be found. Yeah, but will it? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, but they're probably going to continue. They've always had a bad power play, like for years and years. They have a reasonable staff on their power play. Like, it's okay. 
Tony D back there, who's going to come up next. But yeah, Tony D up next. Who'd have thunk it? Two flyers on here. Two of them. He's on a four-game point streak himself. Three goals, five assists. That's the kind of Tuesday trends we're having this week, guys. Hey. That's it. (laughs) Michael Amadio and two flyers, all right? Three goals and five assists ain't nothing to, you know, poke a stick at is all I'm saying. That's what's happening. Hey, man, he's Tony D has re-sparked the offense. Like, it's been, what, four or five games, six games maybe, and they haven't scored less than three goals in a game since he's been back. That's what I mean. Like, the whole team is just uncharacteristic right now. Well, when they were all there earlier in the season, they were doing this earlier in the season as well, though. To me, like, they have some really good players, and they've performed way shittier than their lineup says to me so it's tony d is taking like four shots on goal a game right now and that's that's why he's getting points but i don't know i i think when they had all these guys together before they were scoring a lot of points now they have them all back they're scoring a lot of points again it's unsustainable but i think like not totally like to me, Konechny's a good player. Tony D in the right situation, maybe he's a guy who needs some torts as well just to keep him in line for a little while, play the shit out of him. I think this point-per-game pace isn't sustainable for him either, but I again, I think he is a great player. So he was a way underperforming before. You know, the Flyers are playing right now. They're playing the Anaheim Ducks. Travis Konechny, one assist, got an assist. I don't know. I don't like Tony D's stat line right now. Mr. Cold Water. Yeah, 30% on ice shooting percentage. Yeah, I mean. TJ, do you realize like how how nice some of our Tuesday trends were while you were gone? <laughs> like we were just talking about like fucking roses, oh, yeah, roses and, and, and unicorns, dude. And here you are yeah. coming no, in. No, everybody's going to win. <laughs> no. Points, points for everybody. We promise. Tony D. I don't know. <laughs> no, the whole league is just shooting forty percent now. It's fine. <laughs> All the goalies are going to get shutouts too. Somehow, everybody's good. Uh, Eric Gustafson or Gustafson or Gustafson. He's going to get a million points. He's saw awesome. A million awesome. points <laughs> in the next three games. I promise. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. No, no. <laughs> defenseman with thirty percent shooting. That's I believe it. Come on, guys. He's getting great deployment, man. He's getting great he's, deployment. He, he's got fucking top power play. Of course, yeah. He's gonna do good. He's got top power play. We said that. We said that when he got top power play. We're like, all right, this guy's gonna get points, and it, that's what it is, right? So when it goes away, it's not gonna happen. But in these seven games that he's on this whole point streak. Six goals and seven assists, by the way, only two of which are on the power play. So it's not like the power play is accounting for, and I'm not even saying he's going to continue to do it, but I'm just saying there are some good things here. Like if he would get more points on that power play, which he is on right now, there's no reason he can't, you know, he could get more points. He's taken a tons of shots. He'd taken a ton of shots on goal. He has 20 shots on goal in seven games. Of course it's unsustainable. This goddamn hot guy checkhead. The latest here is Carlson face could be out multiple months. 
talking about Eric Gustafson, he his point streak started four games before Carlson went out. It's not a hundred percent deployment, but it's like ninety-five percent deployment. <laughs> it might not all be on the power play either, but it's just it's gonna go away. But for now, it sounds like he's gonna have this deployment for a little bit longer than initially thought. Maybe not months like they say there, but it's gonna be a bit and they don't have any other real options to take the spot away. And I mean, he's a hold for a little while, but yeah, he's going to turn into a pumpkin. That I can get behind. Nobody's allowed to help. <laughs> All right. Michael Rasmussen. Ew. You guys want to say nice things before I say bad things? Ew. No. No. No? You guys don't like him? I think he's been doing great, and that's great for him, but um, I don't. Probably not going to happen in 2023. His last game was, was New Year's Eve, and I think that was probably the end of it. But he has been doing really well and uh, leading the team in scoring since he got put into first-line center, uh, power play one center. Yep. But again, that's Dylan Larkin's spot. <laughs> it's not his spot, so I don't... Yeah. I don't see his lasting, uh, but he has definitely been a hot on a hot yeah. streak. So there's a distinct trend. Like as soon as his minutes went up, everything went up. We're talking shots on goal per game, shots on goal, pace per sixty, shooting percentage, IPP, all night shooting. Like everything went up. What's this? This is like the third or fourth guy that we're talking about tonight. That's completely deployment reliant. Yeah, and. Larkin's coming for that spot. Well, that's the thing. When if if they had Robbie Fabry out there right now, if they had Jakob Verana out there right now and Bertuzzi, yeah, I'm down for it. Philip Sedina, like they have a whole bunch of people that are out. Their team would look completely different and a lot cooler. And Michael Rasmussen would have no place in that top six. Correct. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that are that are really hot. Like before Jonathan Bergeron went out. He was he was on a hot streak. Joey Valeno right now on a hot streak. Elmer Soderblom hot streak. Michael Rasmussen like the kids are the kids are on it. It's like Kubalik and Cider and Heronic that are the ones that are cold, and everybody else is contributing. The the the, the Red Wings have scored twenty five goals in the last six games. Like they're mm-hmm. they're putting it on. It's over four goals a game. It's it's starting to bleed through, trickle down to to some of these guys. Not Mo Cider. Speaking of the cold guy check-in. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just hop right there. You have to scroll back to to see his last points. The good old not guy check-in. Mo Cider. Man, what in the world? What in the world happened? Like, seriously. I think maybe it's just the coaching system, you know. He's playing. He's getting a ton of minutes still. Yeah, yeah. he's got the top power play again, which is great. Uh-huh. But it's just something's not translating. Eight games, zero points. One assist in his last 14 games. 18 shots on goal. 0% shooting percentage, obviously. Two times in the last six games, he's played less than 20 minutes. Also, in that six-game span, he played 28 minutes. Wouldn't surprise me if that was an overtime game, though. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Uh, No, he played 29 minutes in a a 4-1 loss, so he's played 29 minutes in a... Not overtime game. Confirmed, not overtime. But he's he's hitting and blocking. So you have that. If you have him in a categories league, at least he's not total dead weight. But the points are very concerning. And it's all the power play. 
throughout the season, you've had like Kubalik was crazy hot for a while. You know, you've got Larkin, you've got all these guys who are, you know, putting up decent points and he's just not a part of it. His IPP tanked since last year. Power play share is, is starting to get back to where it was. His shot volume's gone down. There's a lot of weirdness surrounding him. He had in his 29 and a half minutes in regulation, so 29 and a half out of 60 minutes, zero shots. 28 and a half minutes, zero shots. 24 minutes, zero shots. So, like. And Heronic has kind of fallen off a cliff, too. He has only two points in his last 10 games. And I mean, all uh, I'll say this all those people that, uh, you know, traded Heronic away. When we said you got to trade him now, man, they're they're happy. Oh, well, you should be. Yeah, I don't know what you could have kind of reeled in with that, but you bundled him. I hope you did. You bundle him, bundle him with another player, and you get somebody you know real good. Yeah, Kubalik's fallen way off a cliff. Hopefully, off your roster at the same time. And but that's the thing. So so did did you know what I mean? Did you drop Heronic? At this point, yeah. Did you drop Mo Cider? No, but again, it's we have one year with a different coach. That's our the litmus test, right? So, mm-hmm. how do we know who more Cider is with Derek Lalonde now? And I, I hate to think that we're finding out this year. Sure, seems like he's dedicated to playing strict D this year. Last year he played. I mean, he scored. He got a ton of points last year. He's nowhere near a ton of points this year. So. Uh, and his numbers all lean towards he's he's really trying to be defensively sound, and that sucks. <laughs> so where are we going next? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll talk Sam Reinhardt. I don't know. It, it feels like Florida should be doing a lot better. I, I, I don't know. I feel like Reinhardt should be cashing in on a lot more of these goals. I feel like a lot of people drafted Reinhardt expecting big things and are not seeing that return. Like, is anybody else thinking like they saw those, you know, 82 points last year and were like, oh my, you know, if he's going to be playing with Barkov, you know, this could happen and that could happen. We're not seeing that. Is he more, you know, the 40 or 50 point player that we've seen in the past? Like, is that what we should have expected the entire time? And he just got way overdrafted this year? I bought into it. Like a lot of his stats when I was looking at them over the off season, like they just seemed to be a product of a new team. You know, I looked at him in Buffalo and then I brought him into Florida and yes, granted Florida was the highest scoring team since 1995, almost 30 years. And that wasn't bound to continue, but this level of a drop, it's concerning his, his power play production and involvement has gone down by 35%. His regular involvement um, went from 63, 64% to 54%. So like there's a lot that he was getting on last year that he's just not doing this year, which is weird. Like his shot volume is the best it's ever been. Uh huh. Uh, but last year he was point per game over point per game, 82 points in 78. And he had 31 power play points. We're seeing it like, you know, how long, how many Tuesday trends ago was it that we were talking about Alexander Barkov? There are problems with this power play. Um, nine power play points for 
Sam Reinhardt this year, which is so far off of his pace at 31 last year that it's just hard to believe that he's even going to get close. He's pacing for under 20 power play points right now. We're halfway through the season. Pretty much. I mean, they've played 38 games, so they're just about halfway there. But I think it's a case like Kachuk is the only person doing well. He's greedy. I Well, you know, I think it's, it's a case of you see like sometimes hockey's a team game and both teams that were incredible last year are really struggling. Just completely struggling, right? Calgary's struggling. Huberto's struggling. Florida's, you know, they're not, I don't know. Nobody's doing well there except Kachuk, who's just kind of, he's going to do about the same wherever he goes, I think. But Barkov being injured didn't help. Verhage, I guess, has been okay. But, I mean, it seems like the team is just not a really a team right now. And uh, Reinhardt's, what's he on, like a 60-point pace right now? But I think part of why people think he's really cold is because in December he had a really hot, stretch of like five or six games where he had a I think he had a five game goal streak or something like that and then since then hasn't got a goal so it was a really sharp drop off after people kind of hoped he was he was back he is not back Florida's fucked right like the goalie situation is fucked the D situation is fucked the offense is a mess they're a future they have no draft picks forever you know, no one's going to be there to, to see it, but it's whatever. It, it is what it is. I feel bad for, for Sammy Reinhardt. But they still have, like, these pieces. You know what I mean? I, I'm not ready to just close the book on the Florida Panthers, though. Like, I understand they're they're losing right now. Like, they've scored three or less goals in, like, six of their last eight. You know what I mean? They're not scoring. But I'm just not, I'm not ready to just close the book. I don't think, I mean, it's something we were saying all offseason. You can't expect last year's Florida to happen again. And um, tempering expectations everywhere is is important. All right, uh, Nick Suzuki. This one is just a product of the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, if you go to Frozen Tools and then just click on the Montreal Canadiens depth chart, there isn't, there's a snowflake. There's a cold streak but, but beside every single player. <laughs> it's like a blizzard. Uh it's nuts oh boy um, he hasn't scored in a while yeah they've scored no under under two goals a game in their last one 10 games 1.8 yeah 1.8 goals per game in the last 10 games nick suzuki in those same last 10 games one goal two assists only 15 shots on goal nick suzuki come on Oh man, they were playing the shit out of him too. Like he was playing 22, 25 minutes and now they're dropping him down to about 17. I think they're taking some mercy on the poor guy. What are you going to do? Like and it's not like the the deployment has changed at all. Like, you know, he's, he's still playing with his boy Cole Caulfield. Kirby Doc is still up there. You know, it's the same people on the power play. Nothing has really changed. It's just not working right now. And they are playing incredibly poorly. It's tough. I mean, when you have Montreal Canadiens, you got to kind of expect stretches like this. I mean, it's weird. We were just talking about two flyers, and they're the same breath as the Canadiens this year. But uh, they're just on two sides of streaks right now. But Nick Suzuki will start. He's going to get back into scoring points. Him and Cole Caulfield will, you know, go on their little streaks again, too. But right now, it just ain't happening. So you're going to have to wait it out because you're not going to be able to, if you dump him on somebody like 
you're going to lose you're going to lose that trade. You know what I mean? So you got to wait this out. Yeah, I mean the sign of the team too. Remember how how solid of a fantasy player Brendan Gallagher was like just for overall stats. Like he get you a ton of shots. Yeah. Ton- he filled them. He filled all He the doesn't categories. at all. Like he has just given up at this point. Like he knows what's going on. Suzuki and Caulfield and Doc will be fantastic in two years and Gallagher will be done and he's just given up completely at this point. So uh, Montreal is tough. Like if you can stream a Doc on the right night or, or – you know, Wi-Fi for some hits, but other like it's just a mess of a team. It's like, and it's it's not bleak for Nick Suzuki. Like everything's said and done, he's still on a seventy-one point pace. He's still having a great season. Yeah, it's just a cold streak right now, and that's going to happen when you. It's just it's a team-wide cold streak. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, go look at the the Frozen Tools page. It's it's gross. Andre Burkowski, I I don't know. He's leading the team in points. I th- I think. This is just another team-wide issue, and I feel like he, he's going to pop back on. Yeah, it's I mean, six games, without, five games without a point. It's, we've been kind of saying the same thing all year about Seattle. It's like someone is usually hot for true. four games and then cold for eight games. but And they just all take turns. Yeah, it's just four games off. I'm sure we could find somebody who's got a couple goals in the last few games, Daniel Sprong or someone like that, but... Um, actually, guess who's been scoring for Seattle? Oh, and I pulled out of my ass. It's been Daniel Sprong. Holy shit. But that's the thing with the Kraken. Like, it, they're just an entire team full of second liners. It's just four lines of second line guys. The scoring's just going to get shared between all four of those lines. It's not like one line is just taking all of the scoring and like, man, that, that guy's automatically pretty much going to get some sort of point today. No. It could be any line on any given day. It could be just the third line where, you know, Yanni Gordon, you know, Bjork or or Ali Bjork or, you know, going off. Then the next game, it's, you know, Matty Beignet and Burakovsky maybe. But, like, it's always somebody different. It's the weirdest thing. So, like, your bottom six is hot right now and your top six is cold. And, you know, for some reason, Adam Larson has turned on the Jets. It's just the way the ebbs and flows of a normal season. But everybody in Seattle is under 50% owned. So you might be okay to like pitch them to the wind if you need to in really shallow leagues and then pick them up again. You know, he's, he's kind of a good role player, uh, some good offense here and there. But I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a make or break type of player for a team. Aaron Eckblad, on the other hand, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, I guess we probably should have talked about him when we were already talking about, you know, uh, Sam Reinhardt and yeah. the rest of the Florida Panthers. But he's, you know, on a six game pointless streak himself. But he's still shooting. Um, he's still on that top power play, he's still on the top power pairing. Uh, you got to expect like this is another like Victor Hedman sort of situation because that's what, you know, similar level he is to his team, relax. I think it's going to be okay. I am thinking that the Florida Panthers are going to turn it around. They know how to score points. They obviously did it a ton last year. You don't just forget how to play hockey. And I understand that maybe they're not playing well right now or throughout the beginning part of this season, but I'm not getting off Aaron Eckblad. The deployment's as good as, as good as it gets. The periphery is always solid with him and 
the offense will turn it around. And hopefully by proxy, it happens for for Sam Reinhardt too because he'll get shit done on the power play too. Ekblad, that is. Hopefully it trickles down. And he still gets a ton of minutes. You know, he still gets a ton of minutes. It might be as good as Gustav Forsling someday. He's got 10 more points than him and more hits and blocks. That's great, but I mean, I'm not dropping Aaron Ekblad to pick up Gustav Forsling, is all I'm saying. Like, And, and I like Gustav Forsling. I wouldn't one for one either. <laughs> Aaron Ekblad has a long leash in my book. We we got time for one more, and then we're going to cut it. And I guess by one more, I mean three, three more, because we're just talking about these New York Rangers kind of background players which is like whatever like they're not scoring <laughs> yeah i know but like this no but the whole thing is this year they were expected to Kravtsov off for sure like, yeah they were the, the the entire team wasn't expected to take this big jump and not that they're not very good but like these auxiliary players you know these background guys that you said you know vitaly Kravtsov, philip hedel who had a great playoffs last year. So people were expecting more out of the regular season. Jimmy Vesey, who nobody expects anything from, but maybe somebody did. Yes. Thank God you said that. But all three of these players combined, zero points in the last five games. These are names that you would expect to at least show up on the score sheet at some point in time. And they're all getting, you know, the whole thing is during this five-game point streak, that's when Vitaly Kravtsov, you know, actually got to go up on the top line and hang out for a little bit with the really good players. And he did not cash in on anything. He took hardly any shots on goal. Like, I don't know. And and don't get me wrong. It's not like he had a ton of minutes. He was, you know, still playing like 13 minutes. But he was playing 13 minutes with good players. Things are just weird in New York right now. Like Lafreniere got scratched the other night. I heard uh, Vancouver sniffing around thinking that there might be a trade. I mean, it's a heavy rumor. I don't know. I don't think there's anything there. Just to see the guys. I think he got scratched last year, too, and then he kind of he picked it up afterwards. So hopefully that, that same thing happens again. I think New York is just kind of at a, in a weird spot outside their guys. Lafreniere is at least scoring right now. He's at least getting some points. Well, compared to these guys, yeah. I mean, he's got like he's got like five in the last twelve games, if you want to call that scoring. Sure, for number one overall, but I mean, he got scratched and then he came back and played, and they they played him under twelve minutes in his first game back. So, I feel like yeah, Lafreniere is just making Jimmy VC look like Jimmy VC. Jimmy VC can make Jimmy VC look like. Jimmy. <laughs> All right, uh, Christmas rankings. We. Uh, I mean, we did two solo episodes before this. Raj, you took the last one. I did the one before that. So there's never really like a, a Christmas. There was no closure. Take us through it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was a violent a violent month of December between the two of us. It came to virtual blows in the... in The, the snow was red and bloody with steel chairs on Raj's head. <laughs> yes. That no, was a lot of fun. Um, it was Zach's idea, the whole thing. Uh, I got a props to, to Uncle Zach. Yeah, it came down to game seven. We did seven rounds. It was six or three, three through six. And the final round of movies. And I am not shitting you. It was a tie on Discord. And then there was one final vote. And the last vote was Tom Tron. Tom. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? And he said Zach won. So... Zach wins the King of Christmas by one vote, and it's the Tom Tron Woo. vote. <laughs> Hats off to you, buddy. 
That was a blast. And uh, predictably so, there was like a 17-page discussion about Die Hard, which I want no part of. I don't care if it's a Christmas movie, still not top five. At any rate, yeah, man, it was <laughs> but a blast. It's a, it's a movie that people love watching on Christmas. It's divisive. And I love divisive things anyway. But hey, cool. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I I am super happy to be the king of Christmas. And next year, what are you going to do now? Both y'all asses are going down. Anyway, that's it for uh, Tuesday Trends. We got the weekend preview coming at you guys on Thursday. That's when we do our mailbag as well. So if you guys got mailbag questions, feel free to toss them in the Discord. Hit us up on Twitter. Shoot us a DM over there. Write it on our wall or whatever it is. That's it. You guys can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey or in the Fantasy Hockey Discord, which I should probably pin to our Twitter. Anyway, love you guys. Bye. Love you. King Christmas. Love yous.